All right, uh, guys, it is me and Louie today for uh, Falcon Water Soldier Episode 3, titled Power Broker. And yes, this episode is very late, approximately uh, two weeks late. Um, yeah, this is all my fault. I will take the blame for it, but uh, we are on a time limit right now, a little time, a little bit of a time crunch, and we're going to crank this episode out really quickly. So first, we're gonna op we open this up, up this episode with a promo from the GRC, the Global Repatriation Council. Yes, and so, like I said in the last episode, because they were mentioned by John Walker when he was trying to get uh, trying to recruit Sam, uh, they help people come back from the blip, or else they say they do. So I think of them like as the Red Cross or a Blue Shield, like in the Marvel universe. So next we see that uh, we see that logo actually appear on a van, and in the van is a bunch of cops and John Walker in the Captain America costume, and we also see Battlestar. So we see that they're jumping out, and they're looking for, obviously, Carly Morgenthau. And in the last episode, Carly Morgenthau took shelter at this one guy's house for the time being, and then they left. So John Walker, as he gets out of the van really quickly, he goes, he tells the officers, don't give anybody a second to breathe. And so uh, and so they actually find the man that actually helped Carly Morgenthau last episode. And uh, in, this, uh, in this, we actually see that um, he needs a translator compared to Bucky, Sam, and actually Captain America, who all knew multiple we're also bilingual in languages. And this is the first time we actually see a Captain America, in some sense, not actually know a different language. So it shows that he technically only is working for the USA slash most likely the government. Because, I mean, he is. He's, he is a government pro He is government property, basically. And so... He uh, is the government. Yes. Basically, he does tell the man that. Because he's asking the man where Carly Morgenthau is. The man just doesn't give a shit. And he screams at him, do you know who I am? And the guy goes, yeah, and I really just don't care. And so the guy, like, he, like, he, he, John Walker loses his shit. He goes, I am Captain America. And he just, like, throws him into a pole in his own house. So next we cut to, because uh, remember in the last episode, uh, when uh, John Walker and Battlestar were trying to recruit Sam and Bucky to help them with Fuller Morgenthau, Bucky and Sam just said, no, they just said, fuck you. And so they, now they're going, now at the end of that episode, they said they were going to meet with Simo. Because he knew he helped with Hydra and the Super Soldier Serum, because the whole plan for Zemo was to get rid of the Super Soldier Serum. And we find out more in this episode, and obviously in the fourth episode, which has already come out, it doesn't like the Super Soldier Serum because it leads to people believing in symbols, and symbols is a bad thing. Because like, in, I think it was in this episode. Hopefully, it was uh, clearly it. he he had to take an English class, and he was just like. Ma'am, shut the fuck up about symbolism. <laughs> you know what? Symbols are canceled. <laughs> I th I want to say it was this episode when they're having a conversation on the plane about symbols and how Captain America was a symbol for the people. And I mean, if you think about uh, Zemo's plan a little bit, it it does kind of make sense. Uh, symbols lead to people putting down walls and not they only believe in the symbols that way they can't help themselves in any instance. And so he goes. Not only does the super soldier serum lead to symbols like Captain America where people are vulnerable, it also leads to Nazis, like how the Red Skull took the super soldier serum. And so I, I can kind of see where he's coming from, but I mean, the way he, do he does his stuff, the way he carries it out is not very proper. I mean, you know, I mean, is it? He's, he's, he's very well dressed for most of it. I mean, yeah, but he also did blow up the United UN and kill the King of Wakanda. I mean, we, we could just look you know, over that. You, you some, you lose some. Yeah, he's, yeah, you know. He successfully stopped symbolism. 
<laughs> All right. So anyway, you see Bucky go oh, meet Zemo. And... No, we're. I mean, if you canceled symbolism, you've achieved something in life. Yeah. Yes. And if you've successively taken down the Avengers without even like doing anything, you you you've won. So uh, next, we see Bucky actually goes to meet Zemo in prison. And I something that I noticed that a lot of people never pointed out is that. This is actually somewhat of a mirrored version of how Zemo first met Bucky in Civil War when Bucky was in prison. And that's when he went to go use the uh, – when he went to go turn Bucky into the Winter Soldier again through the Winter Soldier program with the Winter Soldier words, the activation words. And so when Bucky actually meets Zemo, he tries these words again and they don't work because we actually see a scene about that in the next episode, which we'll talk about in the next episode. So we – so uh, – we see next that it's after right after uh, them talking, Bucky leaves, and then Bucky meets up with Sam, and they're going through a hypothetical of how to get Zemo out of prison, and then it's actually of how it worked. And at first, Sam doesn't want to work with this guy at all, but then they come to terms of, this guy, we need his help, and then other than that, we can just send him back to jail. And so we find out that Zemo is rich, like extremely rich, like Bruce Wayne rich. I mean, he's a baron. Yeah, he, he is a Baron Zemo, like obviously the richest of them all. And so this obviously comes to play when he has his private jet, obviously. But there's a scene where he has a bunch of these cars. And one of the cars, he finds the the mask that he wears in the rest of this episode. But I'm wondering if it's a fairly family heirloom, because in the comics, I think it's his great-grandfather, uh, somebody else Zemo. I'll look up the name later. But he was actually a Nazi. He was working along along with Hydra, and that would be pretty cool because if another reason that he didn't like the super soldier serum was that if the grandfather tried taking it, and in the comics, Captain America was fighting the other, Z I think the other Zemo, and he actually like knocked him into like a bucket of like acid and like it melted his face. And so it melted like the, the Zemo mask on to his face. So I'm, I'm wondering if they, they could have something in the show where it's like he took the super soldier serum and it like might have like given him a disease in the show. Because that would have been really cool because, you know, the, you, there was an extra plot in the show that they got rid of due to COVID. Because if you notice. Oh. What? Okay. What was the extra plot? The extra plot was like a disease. Because if you notice in this episode. A lot of the times when people are talking, the words don't match up or like the person that is talking, they cut to like the side of the person or behind the person so you can't see them talking. The extra plot was a disease that killed people. So like later in the episode, Mom, uh, Mama Donia, she dies, but we don't know why. And when we see Dr. Robert Nagel, he's like talking about it. He just says it must have just trickled down from family, but it was actually supposed to be from a disease. But thanks to COVID, it just took that plot out completely because apparently that you don't want to bring that up. But, I mean, if they brought that up, that would have been a lot more – like you would have included your audience into the show, and I think that would, they would have liked that maybe. I don't know. Or you or you would have had the people – I mean, the show's fine without it. I mean, yeah. In the first – no, it was in this last episode where, remember, uh, Bucky's going into the truck, and he goes, oh, look, they have medicine and vaccines. That was another hint. But, uh, oh, that was – yeah. Why. yeah, I mean, you have the people that don't really care about it, and then you got the people that are like, bruh, are you, are you really mentioning COVID-19 again? Wow, wow, wow. But uh, anyway, 
So we get on the plane again, and we see that Zemo's rich again. And so not only are we talking about that symbolism crap, but we're, we're talking with Bucky. We're talking with Zemo. We're talking with Sam. And so we see that Zemo actually grabs Bucky's book that we saw in the, in the first episode, where he has all the names written down, and he has to fix all the wrongs that he's did, all, all the wrongs that he's done. And so we actually find out that this is Steve's book from the Winter Soldier, which is when we first met Sam. And this is the book that Steve would write down stuff from when he missed, like Star Wars, music, and all that. And obviously, I guess sometime during the events of Endgame, when, before Steve gave uh, Sam the shield, he probably obviously gave Bucky this book to help him readjust after the winter, like being cleansed in Wakanda of the Winter Soldier and the mind control. So next we see uh, Carly, who is, uh, you know, at her little facility with her people, she goes to see Mama Danya, and she's dead, and she's dying away. And so this will most likely push her over the mental edge, and it does later in this episode, which we'll talk about in a sec. And uh, not only does it push her over the edge, but uh, Danya, she's an inspiration, obviously, for the Flag Smashers, because if you paid attention, the Hunja pendant she had, which is, I mean, like the little hand thing, it has the globe on it, so it's the globe with the hand, which obviously makes the symbol for the uh, Flag Smashers. But that's a real thing in the real world, but it doesn't have a globe. It has, like, an eye. It's used in a lot of different religions to mean a lot of different things. Like, in the Catholicism, means, like, Mary. I don't know. I've seen I've seen it a couple times, but that's obviously where they get their symbol from in here. So uh, talk about pushing Carly over the mental edge. We're going to talk about how she went to go take a bunch of resources, her and this other guy, to go take a bunch of resources from the GRC because they were just keeping it there and they weren't giving it to anybody. I mean, not only are these people just about keeping the borders from happening, they're also about actually giving these people what they need that just got kicked out of their house of their life after the blip. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see what they're doing is wrong with the way that they do it, especially when, you know, there's like 12 people still in the building and she blows up, blows up the building. I mean, like, People died? Like, how the fuck could you do that? So we could already see her descent already. So next we see Zemo, Bucky, and Sam arrive in Madripoor. And I'm pretty sure this is, like, a made-up place for the X-Men comics, I'm pretty sure. So they go undercover into the city, and they go to a, And when they're walking through the city, uh, they come across a bar that's called the Princess Bar. If you don't know what that is, that's a bar in the comics that uh, Wolverine slash Logan visit a lot. So that's a little tie into that. So they actually go into the Brass Monkey Bar. And so they're looking for the power broker. And so when they're going into this bar, they come across like some little like graffiti on some giant wall. It says the power broker is watching you. That's obviously pointing back to the 1936 George Orwell book about how like there's always somebody bigger watching you. So, I mean... There's that. You mean, you mean 1948? Yes. 1949? Yes, that's what I mean, obviously. That's what I said. Uh, so anyway, we see that the people are getting into a bar. I mean, the, the people at the bar are trying to get in a fight with Zemo because apparently nobody's wanted. It, wanted, And so Zemo basically just tells the Winter Soldier to go ape shit. Winter Soldier's gladly doing that. And so they stop and because... Since they can't meet with power, the power broker, they meet with the power broker's right-hand man, Selby. So when they're talking to Selby, they're talking about Robert Nago a little bit. And then as soon as anything's about to happen and their cover's about to be blown, 
because Sam's sister calls and goes, Sam, 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 Sam. I need, I need, uh, we need to talk about the vote. Like, brah. Like, way to ruin the moment. Selby gets sniped, obviously, from Sharon Carter, most likely. And then there's automatically bounties put on their head. Like, that. that's so funny how, like, crap works just like that. I mean, that's nice. So you got a whole mat, all Madripoor uh, coming after their ass. And then all of a sudden, ironically, Sharon saves them. But uh, during this scene, we see a, a scene of Zemo dancing. And if you didn't know, there was a hashtag release the Zemo cut. And so Marvel actually put out, like, within a few days, an hour-long rendition of just Zemo dancing on the fish. Yeah, it looks like a 30-second like clip on repeat. Yeah, but, I mean, it's pretty funny. I, I watched it at school in the middle of my yeah, class. it's nice. Can I just say that Marvel is doing a lot well than DC in general? Because, I mean, like, it took DC about, like, four to five years to get the Snyder cut. It took Marvel five days for us to get the Zemo cut. I mean, come on. I, I feel that's a bad comparison because the, the Snyder cut was like a four-hour complete like retelling of a movie they did, which would cost them a crap ton of money. The Zemo cut was just like, hey, release 20 seconds of already prepared footage onto YouTube. But I mean... We see that Warner Brothers doesn't give a shit about their fan base. All they care about is the movies that they want to produce at what they think they can make money out of. Unlike Marvel, they don't really give a shit. They just put crap on Disney Plus, and they yeah, automatically get a portion of the money. The memo cut to the Snyder cut is just stupid because <laughs> the difference in scale is just so is so massive between the two. Which is like, yeah, it's basically like asking me. Hey, can you write a can you write like a one paragraph paper? I'm like, yeah, sure, I could probably do that within a day or two. Or someone going, hey, can you write me a ten page like thesis on something? Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying, but like, I mean, which one do you think is more likely to happen, and which one do you think is going to happen sooner? Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, the only reason Warner Brothers caved in was because HBO is in charge of Warner Brothers now. If it wasn't for them the Snyder Cut would have never been released. So hopefully we can talk more about the Snyder Cut and riddle me this episode. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. So next we see that uh, Sharon is done being a good guy because she is now out. Because if you remember in Civil War, she helped Bucky and Sam. Not Bucky. She helped Steve and Sam with their stuff. And she obviously got took part in trouble with disobeying the government. So she obviously had to come to Madripoor, you know. Obviously, quote-unquote. That way she's a, she is free from the U.S. government. So I'm wondering, because she said she's done with all the good guy stuff, if she just naturally is a, a anti-hero now, a bad guy, or maybe she's a double agent for, like, maybe somebody else in S.H.I.E.L.D., even if S.H.I.E.L.D.'s even still around. I don't think it is, but just somebody. Like, maybe... I think she's probably going to work anti-hero. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe she works for the power worker. Who knows? Uh... So we see that they talk about Robert Nagel a little more. And if you don't know, Robert Nagel is actually the scientist that worked on Isaiah Bradley from last episode, the comics. He's the guy that gave him the super soldier serum. So now we see that they're at the docks and there we actually find Nagel in one of the shipping containments. And so we find out that he's been working on the serum and he's actually produced it just like Erkenstein did. But the only difference is, you can't tell somebody has the super soldier serum because their shape, their physical attributes, 
stay the same. Nothing changes compared to like how uh, Steve Rogers completely changed from like a pencil to like a bulky expo marker. Like there's a big difference, obviously. Uh, so we actually see that this Robert Nagel had been working on the serum for a while. And so he started with Hydra and then he went to the CIA, probably with the Hydra messing with the government that we saw in Winter Soldier. But due to the snap, he disappeared and the CIA just trashed his experiment. But obviously the power broker probably saw a thing going, ooh, I can make money out of this. Or the power broker already knew something about it, which is why he took this man and he wanted the uh, him to work on it that way because he already had some other reason to have need the super soldier serum. And that actually ties into one of my reasons of why or who is the power broker. So we'll, we'll talk about that at the I end of the episode. I think it's Steve. <laughs> yes, a 90-year-old drug boss, Breaking Bad. All sure. right. Whatever Steve you want it to be. Yes, j- just a guy named Steve. All right. Yeah, j- just a dude named Steve. So as there, as this is all going down with Robert Nagel and all that, uh, Sharon is actually dealing with a bunch of bounty hunters outside. And then we cut to, uh, you know, Zemo just straight up kills Robert Nagel in his chair. Because, I mean, damn, he, uh, he just came out of nowhere just fucking shot the dude. And then we see somebody has, like, a giant RPG and just shoots the area up, destroying all of his things. But we find out that this isn't, like, all of the stuff. That there was 21 vials that Carly Morgenthau took. I mean, that's 21 vials, and we obviously see what happens to them in the next episode. Yeah, there's there's no more vials. Yeah, we'll talk about yeah. that then. But, uh, yeah, so maybe he has, like, a backup thing he uploaded about how he made it. Who knows? So, next, uh, not only that, we see that Zemo actually gets to use his mask, and he's fighting a bunch of people, and we see that he actually does have moves. Because if you remember, he was a special operative agent for Sokovia, for the Sokovian army. So, I mean, he's not just a random dude that's intelligent. He's a guy who's intelligent, but also very equipped with, like, fighting and weapons, I guess, as you would say. And so we see him pull up in another nice car. And so uh, Sam gets in the back and Bucky gets in the front. And we get a call back to Civil War asking, will you move up your seat? And we obviously get a call back to that line. And then we cut to Sharon. She actually gets into her car, but there's a driver, obviously, for her. And she goes, "We got a problem. We got a couple of them." So that that's I'm I'm guessing she's she, either she just said that, like having to deal with like obviously Bucky, Zemo, and Sam, or like somebody's trying to stop the power, like trying to stop Robert Nagel from remaking the Super Soldier Serum. Obviously, she's working for somebody. Whoever it is, we just don't know yet. And we don't find out in episode four. So probably at the end of like episode. Five leading in episode six, we'll find out. I don't know. So we see at the very end of this episode, they're in Latvia. No, they're not in Latvia. Yeah, they are in Latvia, I think. And Zemo's talking with, or they're still in the same place that they are. I don't know. They're somewhere. They're just like in a different area. We see that Zemo's talking to Sam and uh, Bucky about how Sokovia, remember the borders have changed. In the first episode, we see that uh, Rhodey, is talking to Sam about it, how since Sam came back from the blip, all the borders are different, and you had to completely remake maps because every all everything is different, geography. And so he's telling uh, Zemo's telling us about the Sokovian monument, obviously, which we see in the trailer, the very first trailer, which I'm sure he'll go see because he escapes in the fourth episode. He'll probably go over there and see that. Maybe on that, that's the name of all the people that died during the events of Age of Ultron, and maybe we'll see like 
his family members and that. So that that would be cool to see, but I, I don't think we will. I think we'll just see the monument. But I mean, we see, he talks about also Sokovia's new geography and how some other place took over Sokovia. So most likely this could be Latveria, which is the home of Dr. Doom, which could be the first hint at Dr. Doom maybe. Because I mean, we've already had a hint at the Fantastic Four, not only with Kevin Feige saying during Investor's Day that we're going to have Fantastic Four, but also that one, two, three, four, can't wait to show you what's next in this Far From Home movie, the director who's going to, that director who's always going to be directing Fantastic Four. And so the next we see that uh, Bucky actually stops on the walk and he's picking up these beads that we saw from the Black Panther movie. I don't remember what they're called. And Bucky meets Ao, who's the second in command of the Dora Milaje. And so... Ayo. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's her name. And so that's where this episode ends. And I mean, yeah, obviously the Wakanda, they're going to be pretty pissed because, I mean, Zemo did, like, blow up their king not too long ago. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would be pretty pissed too. And so we see them in the next episode a lot, actually. And they even get their own tap-to-hold wallpaper on Instagram. Like, wow. So that was that was the end of this episode. But I want to talk about really quickly, who do we think the power broker is? I've seen a lot of people say... I, I honestly have no fucking clue. I'm just thinking it's Steve. Steve? I like that idea. Yeah. I'm going to go from... no. Like, I'm going to go from, like... There's four options here. I'm going to go from the least likely to the most likely. So first, we got nobody. My thinking is, we're just not going to see who it is in the show. We're probably going to save it for something else. Just going to be some big man named the Power Broker, and that's who it is. Now, I'm pretty sure they're going to tell us who it is. So next is the Mandarin. So maybe it's because this is like a Chinese province area. Uh, Madripoor is. Maybe that's why he... I think it's Southeast Asia, more like Indonesia. There, but somewhere there. But since the Shang-Chi movie is actually coming out pretty quickly, maybe this could connect into that. Maybe the Mandarin is the, well, the real Mandarin, not the fake one from Iron Man 3. Maybe the real Mandarin is the power broker. Because I think Shang-Chi comes from a family of great wealth, I think. So maybe that could lead into this. I don't know. That would be pro- that would be very unlikely, but I could see it. Now, the one that's kind of unlikely, but kind of can still see it, is Kingpin. Because remember, uh, Marvel got their Netflix rights back, and so Charlie Cox is supposed to reprise his role as Daredevil in the Far From Home movie. So maybe this will be like another way of bringing them back. Maybe. Who knows? Now, the most likely one is probably Arnim Zola as Power Broker. Because, like, the little eyes obviously point to, like... Didn't he die? No, he didn't die, actually, because in Civil War... Remember in Winter Soldier, he's a computer, and obviously... Yeah, I thought he would do himself. Well, he did, but I'm sure you could bring him back because he's just a computer. I mean... Come on. So he probably, I can see him being the power broker. I mean, I'd like to see him again. He would obviously be very interested with Dr. Robert Nagel and the Super Soldier Serum because he was working with um, the Red Skull and working on that. It would be pretty cool to see him in his robotic costume, and that would obviously hint into how he's obviously always watching people since he can see everybody. And so that would be pretty cool to see. Then other than that, that is this episode. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for coming, Louie, and thank you.